So what year, Deb, did we have did we have our company meeting up up at uh, Mackinac Island? Um, I know IDville came up, and IDville started the next year, but I can't remember what um, what to attach that to. But we were feeling really confident about our business and had the desire to take what we had, whether it's development staff. Excellent customer service. Again, that's I didn't mention that earlier, but that's something you can count on from Vaudeville from 1986, 87 to 2022 is consistent, um, good customer care. Anyway, we wanted to take the business that we had a good nucleus and expand, and that's when IDville was born. Like We can do more things with this direct mail business, this cast of talented people, and um, but oh. It would have been about 2000, 2000 I think, you guys. Think, yeah. when it was Vision 2003 was what you were perhaps up in, in Mackinac unveiling, or you guys had this visioning process of planning every three years, uh, which we carried on for quite some time. Um, but I think it would have been 2000. Well, that was a watershed um, period for the business and for uh, our family in many respects because prior to the Mackinac Island trip my my sensibility about family involvement was with the business was to have it be a place for growth and opportunity but not a long-term adventure that I wanted my I didn't feel as though my children should be burdened by by needing to follow in my footsteps they could create their own path and and uh, who was I to decide what that path should be. Well, I had made it a point with with the management team at Baudville that Brad was, um, you know, he was, it was going to be time for him to to move on. He had learned some things. He was ready to move on, and uh, I remember very vividly sitting on the out uh, outside deck there somewhere with. Deb and some of the management team came to me and basically said, you know, why does Brad have to leave? We'd like, we'd like Brad to stay. And that was, you know, that created for me a little bit of a conundrum because mentally that wasn't a space that I had considered. Uh, I didn't consider it to be uh, a family business, even though my father had been involved with us early on and be very supportive of, uh, of our efforts and had served on our board and was instrumental in many ways in our, our uh, perseverance. But uh, that was the, the watershed moment when I had to come to terms with reneging on my, <laughs> on my statement that, by golly, you know, my kids, they're just, they'll go off and do their own thing and not be burdened by me. Uh, and that's the way I looked at it at the time, right or wrong. Well, and that's uh, that. I haven't heard that exact version of the story, so I'm glad it didn't happen in a, in a you know, no name bar in some no name <laughs> town. Now I know it happened on the porch at the Grand Hotel in in Mackinac Island. Classy. So, so uh, that memory just uh, that new memory just got even better. So, 
And, you know, as, as we transition to uh, family and how important um, each of the family members' roles has been, I want to give a shout out to George. Um, like Bill said, he was instrumental. Well, uh, one of my favorite, and this probably should have been when uh, Brad asked, but one of my favorite days working um, at Baudville and with Bill was the day we paid off his loan. You were so over the moon. We didn't know if we could, but uh, we had, can I say the amount? <laughs> yeah. We had a half a million dollars and it 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 went quickly, <laughs> but um, we paid it off and um, I don't, couldn't tell you how long, but that was, he started it and Bill um, paid off the note and we paid off the note, I guess. And then we became our own deal, right? Yep. That was a, that was a, that was a great day. Yes. So Brad, are are you were you aware of these, you know, back alley? Well, I guess front porch conversations uh, about the considerations from you. Like, where was your head at? Uh, were were Bill's concerns founded or unfounded? Like, you know, as you're both considering this and contemplating it, you know, what was going on in your mind as far as your future in the business? Well, I I was brought in under the agreement. I think I actually had to sign something saying I was only going to stay for one year, um, and. <laughs> and that was, uh, uh, you know, I had no aspiration for anything more than that at the time. I I was uh, recently moving back to Grand Rapids and in a period of transition, and figured this would be a good good opportunity to learn a few things. And um, but perhaps like some of the managers, I, it certainly grew on me. I had not really found my way uh, from a career perspective. I had come from the hospitality business. I enjoyed that. I'd worked in that through college and. I uh, felt like that was the path I was headed on, in part because I didn't have any other paths that I'd explored. And so Baudville represented really a, a foray into the game of business and just the challenge and opportunity that uh, all of the different things for us as a small business at the time with, I don't know, 25, 30 employees perhaps when I joined, was uh, there was just a lot of challenge and opportunity, and that certainly um, sparked something in me that, that I didn't know was there and was, uh, I, I was, uh, enjoying the work. I, I did see this looming date on the horizon. Um, you know, and I, I think I had had some conversations at the time with, uh, my boss at the time and, and later peer and, and, uh, partner, uh, David Pizzato, who was, uh, really instrumental in my early days and kind of finding that spark about, you know, am I really leaving in this timeline? And um, I think that was probably in and around the time that, that uh, the now famous conversation on the front porch happened. So uh, so that was waived, but that wasn't a, that the, the waving of you've got to go after a year wasn't uh, any sort of indoctrination of now, well, here you're here to stay and, you know, you've, you're minted for, uh, for good. I think that, that, uh, you know, as, as Bill mentioned, there was never a sense of obligation that I had, that I had to take on some responsibility or additional responsibility here, nor was there a, um, you know, a gold gilded path for me of this is how it's going to go for you. It just kind of had to evolve. And, and fortunately, uh, between Bill and, and Deb and David and myself, you know, it evolved organically, and it wasn't always uh, perfect or easy. Um, but uh, I, I guess we we all powered through one way or the other. Yeah. So, it, you know, I'm sure there's pl 
plenty of people listening that uh, are either part of family-owned businesses or you know are familiar with sort of that dynamic. The ability to turn it off, right? So if it's a, a family gathering or you're out and about, and you know the ability to stop talking about work. Uh, you know, obviously both of you very driven and thinking twenty four seven about you know the business and the challenges that lay ahead of you. Uh, were those challenges maybe from other family members of um, you know now you're working together and you have a more you know close relationship and shared desire to uh, you know achieve certain goals did this become like a topic of conversation that then rose to the top or was that kind of already kind of on the table at dinner or at family gatherings that we were we were talking business as well i don't recall a lot of business being talked about in family gatherings i may be wrong but i just i have no recollection of uh, i was pretty much able to keep business in uh, family separate, except for the fact that I spent too much time at business. But apart from that, you know, when we were family, it was pretty much, it was not, it was not a vaudeville thing. Now you may have a different. No, I would echo that. I mean, I think you set a a tone of not going there mostly when, when uh, perhaps in my early days I, I might've tried, but I don't have a lot of distinct recollection of that. I think it was really kept, um, you know, church and state were kept kind of separate. And I think for, um, must have been your intention to do that. And it sort of just trickled down. I think that it's been a big asset that it hasn't been, you know, the basis of our family relationships or conversations haven't had to be rooted in business, that there's more to our clan than just the the company. Um, Because I think that that you know, if I fast forward to Bill's transitioning out, out as hard as it was to, or as guilty as you felt about not coming to work and as good a coach as Deb might have been through that, um, you know, when you started to to phase out, you found plenty of other things that you had had passion for and pursued those with the same vigor and didn't hold on to uh, the business in a way that uh, I think probably reflects the fact that it wasn't all you could think about, eat, drink, drink, and sleep. And, um, and I think we all, those of us who remain behind benefited from that ability to let go of it pretty, pretty wholly, uh, more so than a lot of my contemporaries who are in family businesses, uh, or peers of mine who've, who've been through that transition have had a lot more difficult time than, than certainly, um, than I had. And, you know, Deb, I don't know what your experience was in the years post Bill's, you know, active uh, role in the business, but did a pretty good job of letting go. What what comes to mind is a quick Lindsay story. It's 1992, and we um, invited fam- family to our family, to our Bodville uh, picnic. So we had family there. And I was videotaping. I wish I had that tape. I don't know what happened, but I was interviewing the kids to talk about their parent that works at Bodville. I asked a couple of questions. I just remember little young Lindsay asking about her dad. And she says, he does not know he's an adult. He plays just like we play. And so I thought that that says a lot about Bill's personality. I was never worried about him occupying his time. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't know he's an adult. And where did that go? I'd like to have that. Back. <laughs> she was so. Oh yeah. Anyway. No, I'd like to have the playing part back. Oh. My own play. <laughs> so Lindsay, of course, now the GM of Bodville. So having multiple family members in the business. Uh, I mean, 
even though you've been disconnected maybe from the inner workings of the business for a while, it's obviously still prevalent in your family. What kind of emotions are triggered as, you know, you see them grow, you see their, you know, the business itself grow under their leadership, you know, is, you know, obviously there's pride in your creation, I guess, on multiple fronts. You just walk us through what it looks like to be sort of that older generation watching the next one sort of carry that torch. Well, it's pride that you can't really describe, frankly. Uh, and not just that the business continues to flourish, but they're, they're working a relationship together here, and that doesn't always happen easily between siblings. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm proud as could be of what uh, they've achieved and really what the entire organization continues to achieve. I mean, I, I have to, um, you know, you kind of pinch yourself when you come in here saying, is this still, still going on here like this. And when I attend the, uh, I don't think we they went by the boards, I think a little bit during COVID, but the annual um, Christmas gathering uh, is really a joy for me to see because it, in part it, it, it affirms for me that the essence of what is Baudville continues to be there. It, it could as well be the same meeting as we held, had 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. And so I'm proud of all of it, proud of what the organization is doing, proud of what my two children are doing here, and uh, they have a lot to be proud of here. So inquiring minds want to know, since we're on the topic of the Christmas party, it's, it's long been contentious that it is an employee-only event, I I, uh, I want to pass responsibility onto that for that to to one of the two of you. So uh, why don't one of you guys talk about the uh, the history of the year end event not being? Uh, a, of course, we invite families to the summer picnic, but uh, uh, heretofore the the year end event is a, is a employee only event. Yeah, maybe I I could start. Just I think I might have been the impetus in having us get together. It could have been ten of us. We we would rent a bed and breakfast, you know, in an older home. and um, But I found, and so I'm not sure, I think Bill said right now you're still doing employees, but I know it had been a to and a fro thing. That that was something that I tended towards because it was celebrating the employees. And having um, a spouse there, the picnics, all of that, you know, it was like, and you can run around, everything's fine. But at the end of the year event, having the people that have gone in and, you know, slugged it out the whole year, and focus on them, but also on each other, and you know, not having to make sure your spouse is happy. They don't know anybody. It was. I thought it was, you know, just an easier way to go for a good, good, memorable evening. And I think I don't know if you still do some recognition bits, but there's uh, so many things that you can draw attention to, and the people that work together are the ones that are going to appreciate that. So yeah, I'm, I guess I'm kind of happy that it's still working for you, but there's no no one answer. <laughs> I think it's still working. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> Neely, you're relatively new to the party, so. Yes, it's working. And we do find time to squeeze in recognition, just so that's clear. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you. I, I think that now we're into like the fun facts section uh, of of the questioning, and we'll let you go soon. So I do need to know this answer to this question. Hopefully one of the two of you or both know it. Um, the number one question that I get is where did the name Bodville come from? Well, the name came from the fact that the name we wanted 
did not pass a trademark. Which was? Which was Z-Beck. <laughs> Can you spell that for those no. taking notes at home? No, I That's, can't uh, spell it. X-E-B-E-C. Yes. Which is an Arab trading ship. And so when that didn't pass, and I think maybe one or two others didn't make it through, I was at home going through the dictionary, looking at words, and came across baud, which at the time was um, kind of a buzzword relating to data transmission speed. And I don't know why Baudville popped in my head, but it did. And it's really, uh, it's quite astounding to me that it's passed the test of time. We've certainly had a lot of uh, marketing consultants try to get us to change it. And my attitude all along is we spend millions marketing this name. I don't care how bad it is. We're going <laughs> to keep using it. And there was some concern about, you know, the BOD and BODY is, is not necessarily the right uh, connotation for, for a corporate name. Um, and there was also a professor who used the name out west and it was unclear about, uh, he certainly wasn't using it on a national basis. We had a little bit of a tussle with him, and he finally evaporated, uh, and the name stuck. So, And at first, the funny thing was, when the first, one of the first employees we had who was answering the phone. She was our first phone answerer besides Deb. And she... She just struggled to say that name. She didn't know how to say it. She was uncomfortable saying it. But here was our phone answerer who couldn't say vaudeville. <laughs> so the ties to vaudeville later were just completely organic or trying to be tongue-in-cheek with that? Or how did that? When you had Mike with the chip hat, yes. with the vaudeville. Well, yeah, I mean, there just, was definitely an intentional connection needed, there. Right? Yes, between, vaud between vaudeville. Well, it wasn't part of the yeah, story. That was, right? that was the connection was the vaudeville connection. With his, my brother with his, you know, a striped shirt on and a, and a cane and a hat. Well, there we go. Mystery solved. Mystery solved. Um, I'm going to ask you a little about catalog marketing. Deb, you, Bill passed the baton of being the queen of catalog marketing to you. Uh, of course, right around the time that you guys were transitioning out of the business, the catalog was going to be replaced by the internet, right? There was going to be no more catalogs and all things internet would, would rule the day. Uh, we're still mailing a catalog to this day, uh, quite a few of them, in fact. Um, are you still a catalog shopper, or have you moved entirely to the internet? Oh, good question. I am not a catalog shopper. Yeah, was that a, was that a wrong answer? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> not a wrong answer. Do you receive a lot of I do catalogs? receive catalogs, right. and I recycle them, okay. yes. All right. Well, we'll hope that, like us, they're printed on recycled paper with soy-based inks, right? Exactly. Well, and the catalog, not to, I didn't want to be too tongue-in-cheek on that, but the, the catalog, when you um, see images and you're holding it, it, it does prompt action for the Internet um, oftentimes. And 
Also, you know, we had this debate how often, how often do you send the catalog that maybe uh, one, two, three, or first and second time it's okay, and the third time there's more recognition to the products. That there seemed to be some uh, study at the time. Do you remember this, Brad, that, uh, that you know, you have to see, see something a few times and then you take action the X time. But, yeah, it doesn't happen one off. Um, but there seems to be with the catalogs I get much less mailing. Um, so everyone's maybe tightening down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, there's, there's still room for paper. Well, Neil, you may know the most recent data, but I, it used to be seven times that you were influenced by seven pieces Influence. of marketing That's the word. before. Yeah. It's probably 27 yeah. today. Yeah, something like that. Was that a Pleasantries uh, reference that you just made with the soy-based ink and the... No, our catalogs, all of our catalogs are printed on. But that started with pleasantries, right? Uh, I, you know, those cards were printed with soy-based inks, but uh, the catalog moved to a soy-based ink sometime in the last five or six years. Um, in fact, I don't think you can really get just petroleum-based inks as much in the catalog business. So, it's, not anymore. It's it's not greenwashing, but it's just telling you the facts about how our catalog is produced. Uh, as as we are doing this podcast in sort of a kind of family connection and a season of gratitude between Thanksgiving and Christmas here, uh, both of you were with the company and, and somewhere it's a little murky, somewhere in the 22 to 26 year range, your tenures here. As you look back and think about that chapter of life now through a little bit of distance, what, what are you grateful about? from that experience, or maybe there's a person that you think back on and, and have a, a special appreciation for, for, for your journey here at, at Baudville. Well, <clears throat> I run the risk of getting mushy is the word I use, but um, Bill has through the years often received a, um, a note, a letter at Thanksgiving time because I don't want him um, to ever forget how much it's meant to, to have had the opportunity and the challenges. I like when Brad said that because they do come in, in together, challenges and opportunities. But um, I am I'm grateful for what the Darouge family, we're talking family. Well, George started uh, by funding us. Bill followed by believing in um, us as a team. And then to see Brad and Lindsay coming along, um, yeah, I'm going to stop because I do get mushy. Well, the irony is that, you know, I mean, we're grateful for each other, I guess, <laughs> is the irony because Baudville uh, would not be Baudville, probably wouldn't be here today if, if Deb hadn't uh, stayed the course with the business. So I'm grateful for that. Grateful for a family that put up with uh, uh, my dog a determination to make this work. Uh, which wasn't always easy, and uh, uh, but mostly just grateful for the opportunities that I've had, community, um, people around me, and I look back at it with great fondness. Well, we're on the, the precipice of celebrating 40 years. That'll be in March of next March, so that's a few short months away. As you cast uh, 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 your lens forward do you have any hopes for what the business should do or could do uh to try to try to make it to to the big 5-0 if that's in the cards so what what would uh what do you hope to see out of this humble tribe of uh 
team members as we march into this uh, milestone 40th anniversary? Well, for one thing, you've got to navigate a whole different world that we don't understand. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that, that's going to be interesting to see how uh, a business like Baudville finds its way uh, where there's so much change in the in how businesses work, what the relationships between uh, uh, management and staff, staff and staff. Um, all of it is changing in, in really in light speed. And I, I really find it difficult to know how we might have managed the change that I see now. Because when I look, we were, we were commenting earlier today when we were talking that it seems like we had more of a known playing field that we were working in as we were growing. Um, not the amount of change that we're seeing today. With expectations for what work is, um, what it should be, and all of this is, is quite a, I think, quite a challenge for a business, um, even one that's been a, around as long as Baudville has now. I would just say in summary that I am totally in awe. I have no idea how you guys are doing what you're doing. Uh, I have nothing to add because I feel like I'm kind of like Rumpelstiltskin coming out of a, a sleep. Uh, things are like, wow. Um, so thank you for asking, but just keep doing. Well, I think I speak for everyone when I say that, uh, you know, you you may say that, well, Baudville wouldn't be here without Devil. We certainly wouldn't be here without the two of you. And um, you know, hope you take pride in the fact that there's a lot of people who've, who've come. In fact, I, I saw some crazy number that we hired over 50 people this year. And so uh, there's people coming and starting a career at a place that you guys toiled over low these many years ago to, to get off the ground. And uh, whatever it becomes on their career journeys, it's a part of it. And part of it because you guys uh, had a great partnership and uh, persevered. And so uh, grateful for both of you. I know I think I speak for the entire team here. Uh, and I think they'll be thrilled to listen to this as much as any of our audience might be. So uh, thank you, Neely. Indeed. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. And special thanks to The Fracture and Jay Matthews for their original music. Stay tuned for more episodes coming out every week that will touch on the topics that are important to HR and people leaders like you. If you have any recommendations or feedback, or if you are looking to partner on creating a more engaging recognition program, you can contact us at podcast at And as always, thank you. <laughs>